Barbara, my love was named, and her fair hair are main untamed. Until one evening, I'm ashamed, I got a little naughty. The look upon my young love's face was sweet as lace. But in this case, I realized she... needed space. I never more was naughty. Well, maybe not never. television podcast we discuss things that are 20 years and older and for the month of may we like to discuss animated features that fit into these genres or subgenres. my name is allison and with me are my regular co-hosts andy hello chris hello and drew stupid dog <laughs> also known as the loud one <laughs> oh, what? Oh, just kidding. Oh, man. Kind of. Ouch. <laughs> Aw. I'm going to go sit in the corner and you'll still hear me. I love you, Drew. <laughs> For those of you who are new to the podcast, Drew is my husband, so I'm not just macking on my co-hosts here, um, which would be really weird because one of them is my brother, yep. Andy. So, <laughs> way to keep it awkward. I'm just a guy. <laughs> Chris is our friend. He Just puts up guy. with us. <laughs> he comes over monthly for Chris some reason. <laughs> we thought, hey, you want to do a podcast? Mm. Hey, kid, want to be in my movie? <laughs> we told him we have cake and tea, and he came over. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I got candy at my house. Want to get said, in the van? They All right. specifically said cake and orange soda. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes. Down here in the gutter <laughs> where the party's happening. So for we, those for those of you at home that are regular listeners, you'll notice during this you'll say, Chris, are you drunk or is something going on with in case I sound a little funny, I recently last week had some dental work done and so I'm kind of effectively wearing plastic vampire fangs right now, so uh, apologies if I'm I'll try to enunciate as well as I possibly can. Okay, thanks. But <laughs> sure, Chris. Chris. He's actually wearing real vampire uh, teeth. Real right? vampire teeth, yeah. Oh, man. Does the, dentist, could... does the dentist do those? <laughs> you know, I bet if you paid enough money, they probably would. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, like, so, so if I'd like to... You can get, like, multiple... You can change things out all the time. Totally, it's yeah. genius. Oh. I'd like to publicly thank Chris for, for being a badass and recovering from major dental work and coming here anyway and watching <laughs> cartoons with us and being willing to talk about them. You know what? I think that's what the guy does in Red Dragon. 
I think that's what Francis Dollarhide, the, the killer, does. I think he has different sets of, like, dentures so he can, like, oh. kill people and bite people. To help, like, to uh, help mask to hide his it. Identity. Yeah. Okay. I think he does that. That's a, that's a great M.O. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, so, uh, if you're not new to the podcast, you probably remember that last year for May we did Scooby-Doo, and we decided... This year, because the first season is now 20 years old and we can legally do it, we are going to cover Courage the Cowardly Dog, which is a great and wonderfully creepy animated series if you haven't seen it. Um, you can currently check it out through um, uh, through the channel. Oh, I'm blanking on the name right, right. now. Boomerang. <laughs> Sorry. Thanks, Andy. Um, Boomerang, which uh, has, a I think, a seven-day free trial which you can subscribe directly through Boomerang or you can add it on through an Amazon Prime subscription. Uh, I believe a subscription is $5.99 a month. So if you're into Hanna-Barbera animation, because it's all stuff, properties owned by Hanna-Barbera, so they have Courage the Cowardly Dog, multiple incarnations of Scooby-Doo. So uh, Scooby-Doo. Uh, it's, you know, it's definitely worth checking out for a seven-day free trial. And if you like it or, you know, maybe you have kids at home that want to watch some old-school cartoons, love them some Yogi Bear, some Josie and the Pussycats, things like that, um, check that out. Uh, before we get in-depth into Courage, I do have a couple announcements. One, we uh, have a brand-new website address, so you can find us at thehaunteddavenport.com. Uh, originally, our site was uh, through Podbean, but you can still find us through Podbean, same site and everything. It's, so if that's how you've been accessing us, no changes there. But if you're doing a general Google search for whatever reason, or you'd like to give us a shout out and link back to us, uh, thehaunteddavenport.com is the best way to do that. And um, we have a new way for you to listen to us. If you are an iTunes user and you would prefer to listen to The Haunted Davenport, uh, through the iTunes app, you can listen to us through iTunes, also known as Apple Podcasts these days. We are now... All hail the globe. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> we are now available through Apple Podcasts. Hooray. And if you like what you hear and you want to support the show, feel free to leave us a review. Uh, if you don't like the show, please don't. <laughs> <laughs> leave a comment on someone else's podcast. Sure. I mean, <laughs> constructive feedback is, is always welcome but, you know, be kind. We're doing this as a hobby, and we're all a bunch of amateurs here, and we know it. So, you know, don't don't expect uh, professional quality <laughs> entertainment from any of us as we gather once a week. And most of you are family, so hopefully you wouldn't be vindictive. And <laughs> so one, one star review, listeners who are family. Does not mention their father enough. Uh -huh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> More dad stories, please. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, Sounds yeah. Sounds like neither of our fathers. But no, not at all. So, fun, fun announcements all around. Good things. <laughs> We're becoming more and more more uh, grown up with our podcasting. Yeah. And, um, yeah, we're going to get so, in. Do you, oh, do you have something to say, Chris? Well, I was going to say, it doesn't sound like my dad. You, you know why? Why? Because he's dead. <laughs> oh. oh. Could it is the haunted Davenport. Ooh. Ooh. Oh. <laughs> Could be. 
You're gonna oh, get yeah. a, a little Chihuahua medium to contact your dad. I'll, I'll, oh. pull, I'll pull out for my dad. I love he the Chihuahua. Like the show. Chihuahua. Oh, yeah, sure. From nowhere. Alrighty. Well, um, I think I'm gonna hand it over to Andy, so he, Andy can give us a general synopsis for Courage the Cowardly Dog. Yeah, and what a task! Because Courage the Cowardly Dog is a strange, strange show. For those of you that haven't seen it, it is a series of episodic misadventures taking place <laughs> in the town of Nowhere, Kansas. Um, and it follows the life of Courage, the titular cowardly dog, who is scared of just about everything. He is shown to be afraid of mice, his own shadow, um, you know, various things that, you know, seem to be harmless inanimate objects. Anything over uh, a decibel. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Any noise whatsoever he freaks uh, a, out about. A box that he doesn't know what's inside of <laughs> What's in the box? What's in the box? <laughs> Um, and he lives with his owner, Muriel, who is a kindly old Scottish woman, and her husband, Eust Eustace, who is not kindly. He is old. Muriel. But has an awesome old man name. He does have an awesome old man, old man <laughs> Eustace. name. Eustace Bag. Eustace. Uh, and just the weirdest things happen to these people out on their farm in nowhere. Aliens stop by, there are zombies, kidnappings are common, shadows break free of their masters. I feel like there's a host of, like, fan fiction and lore around this about do oh. they live in a different dimension or something yeah. like that? There is? Are they I looked in, some are up. They, are, oh, in, no. are they in purgatory? <laughs> you know? Like is that, like You're really close. Really? Yeah, really? yeah. So um, earlier today I was looking up uh, on the site Fan Fan Theories Wiki, which if you're interested I can leave a link to that on our <laughs> in our show notes. Um, so Fan Theories Wiki has a few different theories about what's happening in the world of Courage. And one that particularly interested me was uh, that Courage is, I'm going to botch this, is this Greek uh, Greek mythological creature known as Kerberos. Okay. Um, who is supposed to be the Hound of Hades. Um, and oh. he guards the gates to the underworld to keep the dead in the underworld. Uh, Cerberus. I Cerberus, think, yeah. okay. So, yeah, I was trying to find somewhere on the internet where it would, like, phonetically spell it Cerberus for me, awesome. but I couldn't yeah. I couldn't find yeah. it. So, anyway, um, uh, and it's and so this theory says that uh, that nowhere is um, where the gates, the gates of hell of are, hell. and yeah. he protects Whoa. his, he's there to protect his house, and that mural represents um, mankind because he's always trying to protect her and that he's supposed to keep her safe from different evils and that the different monster of the week villains that he does battle with on the show represent major evils like death and hmm. um, greed, things like that. Well, that's Just you know, yeah, yeah, I thought that was really, I mean. So what do the eggplants represent? <laughs> eggplants? That... <laughs> That eggplants are just evil on their own? Sometimes an eggplant is just an eggplant. <laughs> sometimes it's a dick emoji. Sometimes it is. Yeah. So, and, and then uh, some other theories uh, I are... I set myself up for that. Yeah, you did. Some some <laughs> other theories are, I think, more popularly people say, oh, that the story is from the dog's perspective that there really isn't any evil, but because he's a small dog and everything is confusing, that he's just terrified of everything, including his own shadow. So we're, which, we're seeing the show through his eyes. Yeah, basically. yeah, exactly. And and that makes a lot of sense to me just from anybody who's ever spent time with a dog, especially a smaller dog, um, because they're constantly telling you about things. And as a corgi lover who doesn't have a corgi yet... <laughs> 
Um, we've looked into, we've looked into, um, just, you know, information, is this dog breed good for you? And one of the things it says is that, you know, corgis like to inform you of everything. They inform you whether your neighbor has parked in a different spot across the street or a leaf has blown by, but they're going to inform you because it's weird and it's not okay. (laughs) Dogs are really observant, observant. Um, I think there's that Zen riddle about, you know, does a dog have a Buddha nature? Of course, the answer being woof. <laughs> <laughs> well, and in the way he, um, throughout this series, when he's trying to alert Muriel, his person, of something bad happening, the way he's frantic and he speaks English that we can understand as the viewers, but Muriel just hears whimpering and whining and he's freaking out. <laughs> and his and, weird stutter talk. And he's trying to tell her, you know, there's a, there's, you know, a were chicken or, you know, an evil fox or a serial killer cat or something mm-hmm. going on. And I'm not exaggerating. It really, this yeah, this show runs show really goes that, that way. Um, and he tries to act it out, but it's very much the same as if your dog was dancing circles around you and going, and you're like, what, what is this? Why are you freaking out? And, you know, I mean, our neighbor's wiener dog next door is trying to tell us stuff all the time. Mm-hmm. Usually I just think it's, he doesn't like how we garden. Right. But Harry doesn't approve. Harry does not approve. <laughs> yeah. So let's, let's get into some of the, some of the highlights. We watched a lot of episodes, there, all so mostly from season one. It was I, all from season one. I listened to all the people who give you like those synopsis of, oh, here's what it really means. Mm-hmm. And then I always think of Mystery Science Theater's intro with, Repeat to yourself, it's just a show. I should probably <laughs> really just, just relax. relax. Yes, good point. <laughs> or, because, you know, maybe it's just a show about paranormal things that happen yeah. in the middle of nowhere yep. to Eustace, Muriel, and Courage, the cowardly dog. That could very well be. Except I want to know what's beyond the horizon. I don't know. I thought they, I thought they were in Oklahoma. There's <laughs> episodes where, like, they just keep driving, and I don't think there is anything beyond the horizon. Although they go places, like, they in go, town. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And so, sometimes they will be on vacation in various places. There's, so, right. there's a motel. Yeah, yeah, they stayed at the Cats Motel. Right. Cats Motel. But it is miles and miles away to get away from the middle of nowhere. Well, yeah, so... There's also, there's some definite horror nods throughout the series. Some oh, yeah. of them are kind of more general, but then there's definitely some specific ones. Like, there's an episode, um, I have to look up what the name is, but, oh, is it, it's the one where Muriel gets the mattress and she gets possessed by it? <laughs> um, I don't remember what that one's called, so maybe somebody looked that up, but right. we watched a lot of these. The so Haunted for, Mattress, I'm Forgive me, I think that's. That might not courage episode. That might not be inaccurate. Um, so, anyway, that is basically a very blatant take on The Exorcist. So he's definitely riffing on that. And uh, there's um yeah they, they, took, they took a lot from The Exorcist for that episode and even just the small little details like um when he comes in the room and she's got sort of that cold air coming out of her mouth just like Reagan and yeah. Exorcist. Mm-hmm. So they, they, they borrowed some really good, um, the, the, the pea suit vomit. And... <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, and then there's, there's, um, the episode that I remember, the first episode I ever saw of this, 
back in the demon in the mattress. The demon in the mattress. mattress. Okay, so that's mm-hmm. Muriel gets possessed. That was my nickname in college. Oh, oh. Ding, ding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I didn't go to college. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I saw the show around the time I was in college for the first time because I think you know it was late night Cartoon Network, and the first episode I ever saw was the one that is called Freaky Fred, and it is a season one episode, and it features Muriel's nephew who's recently been released from an insane asylum, and he is fixated with cutting hair, Mm. and he often feels a bit naughty. So Freaky Fred is definitely meant to have um, a callback to uh, Sweeney Todd. So it's kind of, you know, he's the demon barber of nowhere instead of the demon barber of Fleet Street, and he's obsessed with shaving People and animals. Anyone who has an abundance of hair. Yeah, anyone who's got lovely, bushy hair. If if your hair looks amazing, he feels a bit naughty, and he has to make it look horrible. And that was (laughs) my... He has to do something about that hair. That was my first exposure to this show. Um, And I... It would maybe be fun to talk about what we all thought when we first saw this. And I remember thinking... I knew, you know, a lot of cartoons aren't for kids, especially stuff that ends up on Cartoon Network. Or <laughs> I know. think I think Ren and Stimpy like busted down that door. For oh yeah, yeah. Else, this you know. is definitely a post Ren and Stimpy mm-hmm. uh, cartoon that you can feel that influence. Um, well, I feel like there was a lot of cartoons that were geared to adults, mm-hmm. but like Ren and Stimpy was the first one that was geared towards kids. But very creepy adult weirdness going yeah. on in there. Well, and this yeah. is surreal, but also seems very much geared towards people who love horror. Yeah. Um, and and I remember at the time, pretty soon after I saw this, um, running into a cousin of ours, and she had a little boy, and he was obs- he was probably like I don't know three or four, oh, and he was obsessed with courage, hmm. and he had a little. Courage the Cowardly Dog plush, oh. and he would he would imitate Eustace's voice and go stupid dog. He was all about it, and I remember thinking, you let your little boy watch this and he doesn't have nightmares. Like yeah. like this, I saw the episodes I'd seen. Well, I saw that one, and then I saw the episode with the fox that wants to cook Cajun cook Muriel. Yeah, yeah, the Cajun well, fox. And, and mm. you should mention that the, the show is officially classified as a horror comedy. And yeah. although although there are a lot of supernatural episodes, some of the episodes are, and we didn't cover this one tonight, but they're, they're kind of mundane. Like one of them, uh, Muriel's making an omelet and a duck, a baby duck pops out of it. And so she takes care of this baby duck. And it, <laughs> the, the entire episode is just the baby duck is a dick. And Courage has to deal with it. (laughs) And so there's not a lot of scary stuff. But then you have an episode where, like, on screen a guy dies and then his shadow runs off and starts scaring the hell out of people. Yeah. Uh, So I kept thinking, like, he was going to come back to him. And I was like, oh, no, he's just dead. He's just dead. (laughs) He's dead. We saw that guy die and now his shadow is free. There's some dark stuff he's, that happens. He's gonna here. go be the shadow of a star. But maybe uh, you know that's like maybe it's a reaction to. I'm just thinking of like animation around that time, and maybe, maybe it was a reaction against being being too light with cartoons and being like, you know, kids are fine. 
they'll be able to handle it. Yeah, you, you can throw weird stuff at you kids. Can throw and weird be okay stuff, with you it. can like you don't have to baby them so much and show them a little bit of scary stuff here and there. Mm. And, and uh, when I was a kid, you know, I watched some pretty crazy, awful stuff. But like, I turned out okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, when we were kids, they still hadn't edited all like the Looney Tune stuff yet, or right. Um, or like Tom and Jerry or things like that. Because I remember being as a kid, and it still sticks with me today, that like I was watching, pretty sure it was Tom and Jerry. And it was like, the at the very, towards the end, Tom and Jerry decide to be buddies, you know? And like, it's like, uh, a, a cat and a mouse or, you know, blah, blah, blah. Now I've seen everything. Like, there's this cat in the alleyway. Oh, yeah. And like, he sees them again. It's like, now I've seen everything. And he takes out a gun and shoots himself in the head because he's seen everything now. He he's doesn't dead. need to live anymore. Yeah. And I was just like, "Holy hell!" <laughs> like that's that, a kids' cartoon. That's how the end of the cartoon is. Just now, I've seen everything. Boom. That's dark. So, so Crap. I think, yeah, I think I think the reason why I was surprised was when um, this particular cousin is somewhat religious, so hmm. not into horror. I don't think, and hmm. you know, not. Like a little more on the conservative side, which is fine, but I I would have thought that maybe that wouldn't have been okay with them. But then also, um, I definitely don't think this cartoon would warp little kids. But I could see the it goes to the uncanny valley a lot, and I think that it could cause nightmares in oh, young yeah, children. Sure. And so I definitely think there's a lot of nightmare fuel, and it, it's never given me nightmares. But the first time I saw it, I was you know 19 or 20 years old, and um. I, I definitely, I just thought about how old I am now, and I had to take a pause. So, <laughs> sorry. I was like, oh, did, yep, I just, yeah. did I just say that? Oh, now I'm going to have nightmares. So, yeah, they, I think as a small child, I think of the things that used to throw me off, you know, which we talk about in our childhood trauma discussion in our in our pilot episode of, of this, basically, <laughs> where we talk about the night gallery pilot, and it's our first episode of the haunted davenport we talk about a lot of that so i'm not going to go and rehash all those stories but if you're curious you can check that one out if you haven't already but i think weird things can stick out in a kid's mind especially if you're really imaginative and then you're like can just kind of chew that over and then it gets spit back out in your subconscious of big ominous things like that shadow episode the shadow yeah. is going around kind of shape-shifting and trying to scare people and i think you know, when you're a little kid and you're afraid of the dark, shadows just seem larger than life. So yeah. I think I think that's very effective. Also, if you're young and your memory hasn't developed as well as it has, um, you could see something in the cartoon. Maybe you have a dream about it later where it's darker in your dream. And then for years you think like, oh man, I remember this horrible thing happening in the cartoon. And then you watch it again years later. <laughs> it's like, oh, that's not really that scary, but I remember being really, really scary when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah, and I wouldn't say anything, as watching this as an adult, this isn't scary, but, you know, neither was Scooby-Doo. <laughs> no. But it's definitely s somewhat surreal and 
and creepy. Mm, that's very of, macabre. Yeah. yeah well, it, well, creepy, like, definitely. Like yeah. I was saying earlier tonight, when you guys weren't listening, <laughs> um, I'm talking to the people at home, not you guys. <laughs> um, just pointing fingers at everyone and being accusatory. <laughs> you guys weren't listening when I was talking to you earlier. <laughs> that uh, if you were to actually like spend an entire day trying to watch every single Courage Coward, because there's quite a few episodes oh yeah and it would take you a while to watch every single one but if you did that like back to back you'd be having nightmares for a while i'm pretty sure of that sure or just very weird dreams at least yeah yeah this would be a fun weekend binge though yeah you know (laughs) because all the episodes are like like 11 minutes long yeah short long so definitely Courage frequently has to do battle. I, I, that always stuck out to me. That he always ha- has to so fight good. something in some way. He, goes, right. he has thumb wars with an exorcist. He plays racquetball with cats. Yeah, or, he does. Uh, yeah. He does all that, and then he also has a lot of kind of classic cartoon character moments that kind of call back to the days of Warner Brothers, where he's trying to free himself from a rope and he suddenly has this you know he's got like a blowtorch and a saw and like a great crazy yeah. arsenal of things <laughs> and it's like he went shopping at the acme store along along with Wiley <laughs> coyote and he's just got all the stuff stuffed in a dog pouch somewhere yep. and he just whips it out so it, it goes into that silly crazy mm. classic cartoon logic as there's well a, which is there's fun. a lot yeah. of that warner brothers like <clears throat> you know do doing a take to the audience you know yeah yeah, yeah. breaking it, that fourth it wall. straddles that line really well i i not, not as a kid, but as an adult just watching it, it impresses me how well it kind of blends the surreal, creepy, like, kind of otherworldliness of nowhere, well, along with the classic cartoon stuff. Because, you know, there's also, like, you know, classic cartoon sounds and noises. And he's yeah. Making sure. Yeah. I also love, too, we were talking a lot about this, um, you guys kept mentioning, um, the way it's animated... A lot, there's a lot of night scenes of just big, open, starry sky because they're out in the middle of the prairie, basically, yeah. and it's dry and flat, and the stars are just, you know, larger than life, and the sky goes on endlessly. And I think there's something very surreal and beautiful about that, but also very unsettling about the massiveness of the sky. It's a, you know what it is? It's a cosmic horror thing. Yeah. They're yeah. out in the middle of nowhere. It, the, the other thing that it made me think about was... Um, it made me think about and it, as I was watching this. It made me think of this old story called uh, "House on the Borderlands" by William Hope Hodgson, huh. and he was a big influence on um, H.P. Lovecraft. But mm, mm-hmm. so this story that he wrote is basically like it could effectively be Eustace and Courage, you know, I, I, in the middle of nowhere, and he lives in this old house in the middle of nowhere in the Irish countryside with his dog and his sister and there's always strange occurrences going on and his dog is trying to like fight off these like creatures that are attacking his house it's that same sort of early cosmic horror but oh how cool it's a funny I mean you can definitely see now when reading the book it's funny to see it in this animated form of this like weird yeah. I might have to check that out. That's a great sneaky. book. It's a little dry. So it's pre-Lovecraft. So it's it's pre-Lovecraft. It's definitely an older writing style than. Yeah. yeah, it's it's probably not as antiquated as Lovecraft. Okay. Oddly, but I mean it's very dry. But but it's um, 
It's a good, quick, fun read, you know, if you like that. There's a whole chapter where he just looks out his window and time speeds up. So the days get shorter and shorter and then he witnesses, like, basically the collapse of Earth and the entire solar system oh, wow. out his window. It's, it's a, it's a weird book. <laughs> Got a little bit of the time machine in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's what definitely. It like. Yeah. I wonder if John Dilworth read up on that before. Could be. I don't know. It, oh yeah, we forgot to we forgot to mention that the creator of the series is named John R. Dilworth, and uh, he, he likes to put Dill on a lot. Of he does. He. Cartoon. There's a lot of Fun scenes show. where it just says Dill, and I just think that's funny because it's like an artist just signing his work yep. randomly right. throughout. Or there's um in the Cats Motel. Like, all the creators and stuff, their names are in the guest book at the motel. All so, the different people who work on the series, yeah. yeah. Well, also, like, the art style, though, you guys, as long as we're talking on that subject, it's very much, everything is geared towards being slightly off and creepy. All the doors have a little bit of a crookedness to them, mm-hmm. you know, and when you're looking at that skyline, the, like, horizon line, it's not just a flat horizon line. It's got a curve to it, so it like uh-huh. shows you like basically a wide angle. Oh it's yeah, creepy. Yeah. It's weird. Fish eye. Fish eye. It's weird. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's like it gives you that sense of you're really out in the middle of nowhere, like millions of miles in any yeah. direction. It's very psychedelic. Yeah. Right, and it's yeah. Then you know everything's got like old creaking boards, you know, for their floorboards and. They basically live in a haunted house. Yeah. yeah. It's just like a couple of chairs, a TV. Um, <laughs> they got a creepy attic. A creepy they got basement. a creepy attic that has a computer in it and a desk. That's it. <laughs> it, it made me wonder if there was ever an episode that would, that would be like Evil Dead 2. <laughs> like oh. Eustace you, you would be in a rocking chair, oh, maybe like a good. deer head. I don't think there is. There's, I don't think so. But. There's four seasons so I wouldn't be I surprised if there was a episode. moment like that. You could yeah, see that happen. I could totally see that happening in one of the cartoons where, like, the room comes alive. Well, I liked the the episode where um, they have a zombie version of Quentin Tarantino basically <laughs> show up, and he wants to resurrect more zombies because apparently their basement has zombies buried in yeah, it. Yeah, they're so, built on top of a graveyard. So that, that's, you know, that's <laughs> happening. <laughs> and that's a little bit Evil Dead. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. You need you definitely need the the floor lamp to start laughing at Eustace at some point. But then he'd probably just look at it and say, "Stupid lamp." Stupid lamp. <laughs> yeah, he's he's strangely impervious to a lot of the happenings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, that's one thing though is with the whole it's just encourages mine. There's definitely Muriel and Eustace get involved with the horrible things. So yeah. I kind of can debunk that theory sure, <laughs> pretty quickly. Sure. Unless unless well, Courage is just imagining those people, and, you know, Eustace and Muriel do. having those problems. But I don't think that's the way it works. No, because Mur- Muriel is definitely fighting off a spider in the bathtub. Yeah. In the Cats, the uh, A Night in the Cats Motel episode. And um, I, I didn't give a spoiler warning at the beginning of this episode, <laughs> but it's we're talking about a whole cartoon series, and like with Scooby Doo, it's not really, you know, just discussing little details isn't going to ruin the cartoons for you. They're yeah. not major plot twists. This isn't the end of Game of Thrones. Yeah. Or other oh wastes God, of your so time. Topical. Yeah, I said that. Oh my. Um, <laughs> so, so yeah. Um, 
So sorry. Except if, if Spider-Man dies. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Except, so sorry, sorry if, for, if I didn't, I didn't give the spoiler warning. Spider-Man dies in Game of Thrones. Wow. Yeah. But basically, we're just maybe I should have kept watching that show. Gonna discuss. <laughs> highlights and aspects of the series as a whole so i don't i don't think anything's ruined for any anybody hopefully you're if you haven't seen this you're feeling inspired to maybe check it out at some point yeah well and, and courage is not a show where i feel like the plot is what's on display i feel no. like it's how you get there is right. much more important yeah <laughs> you can but, just you can just come out and say that yeah there's an episode where a fox kidnaps an old lady to make a stew yeah, and, you know I've spoiled the whole episode. There, I, I, right. I would totally advise watching like not just one or two episodes. I would recommend like blocking out because sure. they all run quick, and I would recommend blocking out an hour and a half and right. watching episodes. Yeah, just just take a smattering. Or and it's a vibe, you know. It's just a vibe of the just appreciate it for the weird little show that it was <laughs> yeah you can watch them on boomerang there also is a lot of them just on youtube too mm -hmm. and you don't have to worry about trying to find them in order because there's no connection from one episode yeah. to the other there's recurring characters but there's yeah, not but really even the a recurring lot of characters don't necessarily always have connections to yeah. themselves later like the cat yeah often is just He's just bad. He's just a new character, well, basically, in other episodes. Characters sometimes die, and then they're oh, really yeah. fine in the Eustace next episode. Eustace dies in multiple episodes. Which is kind of a, <laughs> which is kind of a Warner Brothers, Wiley, Coyote, Roadrunner kind of sure. shit, you know? Yeah. There's, um, there's no overarching plot or continuity. No. Really. Yeah, so I, I was going to mention, since, since uh, we were talking about watching things out of order, um, the pilot is not on boomerang correct when we right. no, but it is that? on youtube okay so yeah. you can you can see how this all got started if you're if you're interested and you're an animation nerd um check out the pilot titled the chicken from outer space which originally aired on cartoon network um as a standalone short in 1996 and i believe one of you was telling me it was nominated for an academy, academy award, award. Yeah, yeah i believe i think it got Beaten out by a Wallace and Gromit short, from mm. what I read. Oh, that's um, stiff competition. Yeah, yeah. But I think that's really cool that it got nominated. And then, um, you know, Cartoon Network liked it enough that they, by 1999, signed uh, signed on for an entire series. And it, and it ran for four years. Yeah. So that's pretty solid. Yeah, for... and I... I actually remember vaguely somewhere in the, the back of my memory, I think like seven, eight-year-old me, uh, saw the original Chicken from Outer Space when they aired it. So this, nice. is, this goes way back for me. <laughs> I remember seeing Eustace get zapped by that ray gun. And hit first episode, the pilot, he dies. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. And then Drew, what were you saying, saying you saw it when you were in high school? Yeah, I used to watch it in high school. Same, just like I watched Scooby-Doo, we'd go to Nick's house, and we would eat deep-fried food from Dick's Market down the street, and then we'd go to Nick's house, and we'd uh, watch Cartoon Network for multiple hours, because we had sure. uh, multiple periods off mm -hmm. before or after lunch, depending on how we figured out how to work the system. <laughs> so we always, is... we always had like a two-hour lunch, so we'd just watch cartoons for two hours. Nice. This, and this was before Facebook, so, you know, right. people Way had more time before. on their hands. I had a pager. Nice. <laughs> Ooh, did you sell drugs? No. <laughs> it was so my parents could get a hold of me. Oh, nice. My friend had a pager 
which, you know, she was kind of a social coordinator for our group, so it was really nice that she had it. But I remember at one point on a nice summer day, she accidentally mowed it because she was wearing it clipped to her pants. and oh, she oh, was dropped off. Mowing the lawn. And so she had this voice this uh, voice message if you called her pager for like a week or so that she's like, I mowed my pager, so just, you know, <laughs> call me at my house. <laughs> it was awesome. I mowed my pager. <laughs> Yep, those are the days. Yeah, no, I had a pager, and then my dad got a 1-800 number, which I think they might still Your have. Your dad has a 1-800 number? For the house. I don't remember <laughs> the number. Can we post that in the show notes? Oh, uh, I <laughs> wish I could remember the number. But it was a 1-800 number so that I could go to a payphone. Hear that, kids? Payphone. That's a thing we used to have. There were phones that were in parking lots. And you put money into them to make phone calls. Yeah, you 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 would make phone calls in those by pressing you, buttons. You wouldn't you wouldn't poop in those or <laughs> no. pee in those or sleep in those. Uh, right. But yeah. Are so, you you're talking about the phone booth? The phone booth. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, the phone itself. You don't you don't poop in the phone. Well, I was gonna say that takes. I know it's people. Talent. It takes some talent. I've heard of the upper decker. But oh I don't no. <laughs> Sorry. Anyways. Yeah, that was so that I didn't need to have a quarter. I had no excuse to call home so they could check to see where I was when, because I'd often, you know, stay out late and forget that I was supposed to tell them things. Hmm. Mm. Like what any good teenager. teenager. Yeah. I wasn't doing bad things. It was mainly watching, watching cartoons. Watching cartoons, <laughs> watching cartoons and, and eating pizza or playing GoldenEye. We watched a lot of Space it's, Ghost Coast to Coast back then. It's 10 p.m. Do you know where Drew is? <laughs> he could be doing anything. He could be watching the real Ghostbusters reruns. <laughs> Oh gosh, I think no. we we talked about this last May when we were doing Scooby Doo that we that Drew, yeah Drew and Drew and I rewatched a little bit of, of Ghostbusters and the cartoon did not hold up. Oh, that's too bad. That's sad. Yeah, but you know why they called the to show the real Ghostbusters, right? Because of the lawsuits. Because oh. yeah. of the yeah, mm -hmm. because there was that terrible TV show in the seventies, Ghostbusters right. with the it was like an ape. Stupid show, and then they made um, and then they made that movie, and it was a huge hit. And so then the people that made that terrible TV show was like, "Hey, we'll do an animated series called The Ghostbusters because technically we own the rights to that name." Or so they're gonna whatever. try and bait and switch people. Yeah, yeah. exactly, exactly. And so like, they made that then? stupid cartoon with the talking cab and the stupid ape. I don't know who came up with that, but but then so huh. then when they wanted to make. Ghostbusters cartoon based on the actual movies, they had to call it the real Ghostbusters because I don't want to sidetrack too much from our sidetrack, but um, <laughs> what was when you bring that up? I never saw that, but I, I just think of all the other weird stuff involving apes in the 70s for people. <laughs> oh, Lancelot Link, yeah, Lancelot Link, secret. Yeah. Well, and then there was. Lancelot there was Link the Clint was Eastwood movie, and he watched oh. Way But Loose. Mm -hmm. And yeah. then there was that movie we watched where the they have the talking ape that lives at the circus, and they did a riff tracks of it or something. I think I can't oh. remember what that's called. Was like it circus, circus magic? magic? Yeah. Oh, was yeah. it? It wasn't. It huh. wasn't Escape from the Planet of the Apes. Or no. 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 <laughs> circus magic, Planet of the Apes. It, it part wasn't 11. a comedy like that one. <laughs> The but best I mean, one, the best one is Conquest. Okay, none That's of us were alive one. in the 70s. 
also, maybe somebody who grew up in the 70s could explain what was up with the, all the apes. <laughs> What's going on, guys? Talking chimps are hilarious. Are they? There. I explained it for <laughs> I you. Well, it. Yeah. I knew it's only it's, it's like there's... They can rip your another, face off when they like to fling things. Another was... short-lived cartoon, Clerks the Cartoon, has an episode where it's an outbreak spoof. And oh, you know, they steal the monkey. And so the good. first thing is like he's like, oh, I want to get that monkey. Why do you want to get the monkey? To teach it to smoke, duh. <laughs> yeah. And then later on, they're like, wait, you stole the monkey? Separate people. And he's like, you guys stole the monkey? It's like, what'd you steal it for? To teach it to smoke, duh. Because <laughs> there's nothing more hilarious than a smoking, drinking monkey in a dressed up in a suit. I think mm -hmm. I think we had the '60s, <clears throat> and we had rock and roll, and we had Vietnam, and civil rights, and the summer of love, and hippies, and Woodstock, and then the Manson murders, and Altamont, and we knew the '60s was over. We so we needed talking monkeys. Talking monkeys. We needed How do you to lighten the mood a little? We, we have a disgrace of a nation, and a president has to resign. And how do you recover? Talking monkeys. Talking monkeys. Oh. Make those damn monkeys play the guitar and talk. So, so are are you telling me that there's going to be, you know, in the next five ten years, there's going to be talking monkeys forthcoming? Exactly. Oh my Once goodness. we get rid of all the Nazis, we're gonna go back to talking <laughs> monkeys. And it's going to be... It's going to, be, it's going to heal this nation. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? They're still going to fling poo. They're still, you they had, they well, had... the thing is, they're not going to come up with new talking monkeys. It's going to be Lancelot Link, the reboot. Oh, oh no. yeah, totally. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, God. Damn. It's going to be like a really dark Lancelot Link. It's not going to be funny anymore. It's no. going to be like super serious, you know? It's going to be like... Zack Snyder. <laughs> Zack Snyder directs Lancelot Link. Do, do you bleed? <laughs> It's gonna be uh, Lancelot Link will be played by Tom Cruise. Oh my! No, he'll be motion acted by Andy Serkis. Oh, there yeah. you yeah. go. But and, he'll... and he's gonna be voiced by Liam Neeson. <laughs> he'll be dark and disturbed. I've got a certain set of skills. <laughs> he's gonna fight. Um, he's gonna fight. What's his name? What's Who? the? And Lancelot Link. Lancelot Link. What's Who's the he gonna fight? Harambe. <laughs> he's gonna fight. Oh. <laughs> Drew, Drew's old co-worker is named after Lancelot Link. I thought you were to say Drew's co-worker is named after Harambe. No. <laughs> nope. His name is Lance, and he's named after Lancelot Link. Are you kidding me? Wait, for real? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. He's named after a TV monkey. I think that's, that's better than my high school friend who is named after the show Starsky and Hutch. Her wow. name's Starsky Ann Hutchinson. <laughs> yeah. Although, should we be saying that? We tell people our names on the show. Well, I, I don't think people are going to stalk I, I haven't seen her since the 90s. She, <laughs> could be, she could be married with a different name now. She was a cool girl, though. So Later tonight, to Chris Starsky. is going to be Googling Starsky and Hutchinson. It was just, it was just awesome because, okay, so this is how long ago. So the 90s, we had an answering machine, and she called my house one time and left a message, and Dad came home, and Dad, our dad was like, you have a friend named Starsky? <laughs> like the TV show, and I said, "Yeah, and her name's Hutchinson." He's like, "No." <laughs> he had a good time laughing about that, but you know, I mean, she's probably heard that her whole life. So, yeah, Apo I'm sure apologies. It never got old. <laughs> I think I think Lancelot Link is is funnier, but we love Lance too. He's a good guy. So. Meanwhile, right? Well, and he's not called Lancelot Link. 
Yeah. Anyways, courage meanwhile, and cowardly dog. Meanwhile, meanwhile, in nowhere, in an animated show about a dog. You know what? <laughs> we were we were so on track last time with our Stepford Wives conversation. I feel like we earned the right to derail a little yeah. bit. But uh, yeah, I think. Um, did anybody have any favorite favorite moments from the series or favorite things from our recent? binge that we just went on. Uh, one of the things I looked at that I really appreciate through the whole series was um, I got drawn into the music of course because I'm a big music guy. That seems like a cool gig to get if you can write music for a show where you can really mix it up and play oh, with sure. a genre. And they just nailed it. Um, it's a, It was a team. I cannot Remember the name of the two composers at the moment? I think I had it saved on the Google page. But um, they, what's amazing is a lot of times when they work in, when people work in, no, I don't have it in front of me. Oh, Jody Gray and. <laughs> Entertaining long pauses yeah. on tiny, your, um, tiny podcasting. Tiny, little text. Quick, someone do a little dance. <laughs> Andy Ezra. Oh, that's a hilarious dance. <laughs> yeah. D D Jody Gray and Andy Ezra uh, that, that were able to work together and make... Usually when you're working in, in a quick run, you uh, make these episodes and churn them out, and oh, yeah. you don't have a lot of time to work on it. So a lot of times you'll kind of make stock music that... You can pull for him and say, oh, it's a scary point. I have a, I have a 15 second clip of scary music we can throw in right here. Sure. sure. Um, that's just the nature of the beast when you're working on a tight schedule. But I guess what I read was they only ever maybe recycled like 10% of what they wrote. Like oh, cool. Every episode had its own score. Yeah. And they did like. Out of all those episodes, like, it's like a hundred episodes or something, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, that they did just shows. And and this is the mid to the early 90s, so this isn't, they weren't probably using these high-powered, like, I mean, I imagine computers and synthesizers were involved, but it wasn't the technology they have today. I mean, they had to really, really work at this. Sure. So, yeah. That's really awesome to hear, like, all this, like, lively music and really good musical cues that really play it up. So. Yeah. No, the, uh, the the music heightens the tension a lot mm -hmm. because, yeah. they, like, you'll be seeing something funny on screen, but it'll be playing these, like, tense strings or, like, weird yeah. spacey stuffs going on. They're really good here. at that. And, 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 like, that weird, I don't know if we brought it up before, but. Courage has this also like David Lynchy kind of quality to it. Yes. And so yeah, some of the sound is so like unsettling. Yeah. It's strange, you know. It's uh, great work on that. I think it, it it's cool to see. You can tell with like all the voice actors and the artists that worked on it. There was a lot of um, a lot of hard work and a lot of love, a lot of fun put mm -hmm. into this. I, I this got is... that out of. Yeah, yeah, courage is definitely somebody's vision. Yeah, and it yeah, and it it took a whole village obviously to put it together. Yeah. Well, and I feel like even though you know it's twenty years off from the first season, it, I feel like it still holds up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's got it's got a, such an artistic flair to it that makes it not feel dated in any way. Well, at least had, at least to me. It went for four years. I mean, like you know, or four seasons. Yeah. So I mean, they didn't. 
they didn't phone it in. If they were phoning it in, it wouldn't have lasted one season. You know? Well, and I mean, when we were talking about Scooby-Doo last year, you know, the original run of Scooby-Doo wasn't as long as, you know, the Scooby-Doo Where Are You series. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there were lots of other incarnations, which Courage hasn't had, although it's had, I think there was a movie... I'm a, I'll have to look at it in a they second. They had a special. Special, yeah, okay. So there was a special, and and then there's been talk of, um, like, a prequel, I guess? They were talking about rebooting it. Well, they talked about rebooting it, but changing the animation style, which worries me, because they were saying, um, I was reading an article on Wikipedia, and they were saying, oh, we want to do, like, a CG uh, thing. Yeah. And, and it's... There's photos of that I've seen of although, the CG courage that's, like... The voice actor for Eustace has passed and um and i don't have his name in front of me so it's oh, like a jerk it's um, uh lionel wilson so he they were talking about having brian doyle murray do the voice oh yeah which i do love brian doyle murray so he's a guy he's noah from noah's, noah's arcade, arcade. yeah Wayne's yeah Wayne. he's just great and everything he shows up and the guy that's in all Bill Murray's movies because yep. he's Bill Murray's brother. Huh. But I don't, I mean, I think... One of his brothers. I think that there's enough of a specific look to Courage, and I think there's kind of a little bit of digital animation juxtaposed in the original series that, like, an entirely digital rendering would look really bizarre. And I don't, I don't uh, get it. But I also it's, didn't get why they're doing the weird animation in the latest Scooby-Doo so. It's interesting that you mentioned that um, because one of the ending title cards actually had a 3D courage where he like takes a little bow in the later seasons. Oh, okay. Yeah, they yeah. changed it from when he has that that big you know sign that he holds up at the end. It's it's a different thing. Right. So and it it always put me off a little bit, like you're saying. I'm not sure. If well, 3D and there's is... also part of their style is every once in a while there's like hyper-realistic 3D drawings yeah. there, or there's actual, like, footage that they mix into it, or photos of people, mm. and it's oh, kind yeah. of, it's just part of the off-putting bizarreness of it, which is also another kind of thing that kind of gives me that David Lynch feel of it, mm -hmm. yeah. you know, just the weird, this didn't need to be there, but you know somebody was like, Wait, put this in there. That'll yeah. be creepy. And it makes it a little off <laughs> yeah, right? strange. Yeah. Well, like, it kind of actually reminds me a little of, um, I don't know if you guys have seen this movie. There is a Neil Gaiman movie from probably about 10, 15 years back called Mirror Mask. Where oh, it's yeah. got a lot oh. of kind of a strange mm. computer animation mixed in with like actual, you know, at live actors. But it's got this sort of, there's a there's a screenshot from a Courage episode where they've got just like a digital face in the midst of the animated living room, just looking at them, and that kind of reminded me a little bit of the style of Miramax. It's like kind of like a weird collage when you're looking at it, and it's definitely the shapes of things and the angles kind of put you on edge. It's kind of well, darker as as it, fantasy. Yeah. As long as it, you know the animation work isn't farmed out to like you ever seen those DreamWorks ripoff movies like. Like, Ratatouille comes out and is a big hit, and then they make just some bootleg knockoff movie about a rat that cooks, and right. it's made by, oh, like, God. a sweatshop of people, like, with uh, computer animation. Yeah, and an animation farm, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So as long as they don't have go that route with it. Yeah, I don't think they would, but I think... No, definitely I, not. I worry more that it would end up being something like, 
where they took that newer Scooby-Doo series and they made everything look like it was animated by the guys who did Family Guy. You know, like, I feel like they're like, let's take it in a whole other artistic mm, direction. But, yeah. Yeah. again, I haven't really looked into it too much. So, like, I, I'm prejudging without full knowledge, which is, you know, shame on me for doing that. But I, <laughs> I still think, hey, I don't know, why can't you just enjoy the courage that we have and if you want to make more episodes, just make them in the style yeah. that they were. Probably because it's expensive. Yeah. Well. Animation takes money. Yeah, I, I mean, I just think... Ooh, what if they did it, um, stop motion? That would look right. Stop motion courage. Stop, stop motion, motion courage would be horrifying. Yeah, it would be It would be horrifying, but it would also be, disturbing. like, super awesome. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, there's some creatures on courage. So, I was gonna bring up this one episode because, um... Not this time when we gathered, but the last time we gathered, after watching the Revenge of the Stepford Wives, we watched a few episodes of Courage because Chris hadn't seen full episodes yet. Yeah, so we I were... had never seen it. I was always aware of it when it came out, but I had never watched an episode, and I'm like, oh, this, this is totally right up my alley. <laughs> and we just, we just pulled up a couple episodes on YouTube really quick rather than going into Boomerang, and I didn't realize, I mean... It's kind of cheating because I'm going to talk about a season four episode, which isn't 20 years old. Um, it's close, but well, not not quite. Technically, we... the the first season didn't air until uh, what November? Until August, I think. Oh, okay. sure, fine, whatever. Uh, Breaking the law. So, so the season four episode called The Mask. We watched that for a minute, and I hadn't seen that one previously because um, oh, I just wasn't acquainted. Yeah. I was acquainted with most of the first season episodes and not the later ones. But it just had this being, we don't know what, you know, there's a reveal, but there's this, there's this person hanging out with Uriel and, and or Uriel, <laughs> Uriel and Eustace, and that's what they had a child, that's what they had a name. <laughs> so, at the, at the farm, and it's, it's a person wearing, like, a little robe and a really scary, like, doll mask. And the first thing I thought of, even though I haven't watched these movies all the way through, is I thought, oh, that looks like something out of The Strangers. Is she going to murder the family <laughs> in the middle of the night? Is this going, you know, going to go down a really dark path? Because Courage kind of goes there sometimes. And this isn't, you know, this this came out before The Strangers films came out. But I just thought, so that's such an... Courage. I, I doubt <laughs> it. But I, I think it's just certain things are universally uncanny and upsetting and, and doll faces for a lot of people, porcelain doll faces oh, yeah. are really creepy. My, you know, I definitely find them unsettling and that's what she's wearing. And I mean, it turns out it's a cat. And once the reveal is that it's a cat, which is still terrifying for courage because <laughs> he's petrified of this seemingly human woman with a doll face mask that beats the crap out of him whenever, you know, Muriel and Eustace are out of sight because she hates dogs and he can't figure out why. And there's just, you know, like Andy was saying earlier, there's not much of a plot. It gets really weird and derails. Like, the reason why she's well, so angry is very bizarre. Yeah. It gets very Blue Velvet yeah. Yeah, you know, territory. Yeah. She's Some angry big... because her friend Bunny, who's a bunny, she, her name is Kitty, and, she's and a kitty. is being is being held captive by a mean dog, so she thinks all dogs are evil. And it, has, it seems like it has a subtext of like she, Kitty's got some man hating going on, yeah. maybe you know. It's like her best friend, who she might yeah, be yeah, in love it, with, is like being held by this mean dog. 
it it seems if you if you want to look at it that direction and not as a kids cartoon that Kitty and Bunny are lesbian lovers. And, yeah, no, <laughs> definitely, yeah. And Bunny is in a very abusive relationship with a large drug-dealing man from the wrong side yeah. of the track. Well, yeah. the might is... also be her pimp. Right. It well, really the, looks like that. But the dog, yeah, the dog is like basically Dennis Hopper, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty messed up. Well, yeah. but I mean, it's like the dog is definitely dressed and acts like he's in a gang and like he's involved in illegal dog activities, whatever those might be. <laughs> whatever dog. Yeah, are. but but it's got like a it's got like a gangland vibe to the episode. And then there's little Courage with his little pink bean dog body, oh. like, quivering and worrying about what's going on. But he's trying to help the cat so she'll stop torturing everyone and beating the crap out of him mm. for being a dog. And um, sometimes in the episodes, the monsters are just monsters. And But I think it's also interesting that sometimes in the episodes, the monster of the week is a monster because something upsetting is happening to them and they need help. And once Courage stops screaming, he sometimes figures out, oh, hey, I can do something yeah. and make it better and not all the creatures are evil except for you know maybe slightly Eustace because he's just a curmudgeonly he's jerk of an old man always never not a jerk to courage yeah like you know because he's jealous mm-hmm. Muriel loves her little I think secretly dog. Eustace uh, knows what's going on in this realm of insanity and is secretly working against Muriel and Courage. Sure, I could see that. Bring about a new dark dimension. <laughs> we'll take over by season five. He's from the Black Lodge. Oh, he is. Yeah, <laughs> he's totally yes. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yes, Bob shows up out of nowhere. Uh, that should be a really great fanfic crossover thing. Oh no, yeah. Courage, courage like, comes to Twin Peaks. And it's not animated Bob. It's like a live action Bob just shows up on the <laughs> and doorstep. And they, they just cut and paste him into the animation. Exactly. He just interacts <laughs> yes. with all the animated characters. Yeah. Please. Yeah. Oh, I, w- I would want Agent Cooper to be animated. Oh yeah. But Bob We'd is creepy to. so I feel like he right. just like. You have to have no, like Bob a, has a, to exist in a different manner did the actor everybody else. who played Bob pass away? He did. Yeah. He did, unfortunately. That's yeah. why they couldn't they couldn't bring him back. So many good twin peaks. They wanted to bring him back now. and they Rest wanted to bring peace. back um they wanted to bring back David Bowie as um Oh as the what's his name? Yeah. He was an agent. Yeah. Because he's in Firewalk with me, and they actually were going to bring him back, so they mentioned him a couple times in the news series. I remember that, yeah, and Miguel, Miguel Ferrer passed away during oh, yeah. the making of it, and really, I loved his character so much. Yeah. Oh. And then, um, just recently, um... Peggy Lipton. Peggy Lipton. Yeah. yeah. Gorgeous Peggy Lipton. Oh, well, and they couldn't do Jack Nance, either. They couldn't bring Jack Nance back. You know, uh... Wrapped in plastic. Came yeah. here the name. Yeah. Um, but I mean, at least Peggy Lipton got, was able to like do the series yeah. beforehand. Yeah. But yeah, it's still too young. So I'm scrolling the. That's I another am... weird retro horror thing we've got to talk about is Twin Peaks. Oh, oh no, we wait. will definitely talk there, about some Twin Peaks. Yeah, there's a Twin Peaks episode of down the pipe somewhere. For Good. Me. Yeah. Yeah. So back to Courage. Um, I'm currently looking at the. IMDb uh, trivia 
like thread. Uh-huh. And uh, one of the things you were talking about earlier with the music. Mm. So I didn't even notice, but we obviously heard it multiple times, is that whenever Courage takes action to rescue somebody in peril, that uh, a variation of the Mission Impossible theme starts to play. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. <laughs> but it's a different variation in every episode to go with the episode. So oh. it's not like they just played the Mission Impossible theme. They made a Mission Impossible-like theme that goes along with the episode they're already writing the music. Oh, yeah. Do, do, That's pretty do, crazy. Do, 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 That's right, it does do, have do, that, do, like... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a high-quality level of detail and craft. Yeah, you know? absolutely. And it's also nice, because I feel like sometimes you'll see, you know, some current cartoons, and I'm not even well-versed enough in a lot of current cartoons to name names, but, you know, we've got a little niece, and we've got friends with kids and stuff, and, and sometimes they'll catch what the kids are watching now, you mm-hmm. know, more mm-hmm. old lady talk. What the kids are watching these days. And I'll just think, gosh, you know, this looks like, like, one, they are totally insulting children's intelligence, and two, like, they just threw some stuff together to make a cash grab, you know? Like, they just, just insulting filler, but, um, but occasionally you get really good stuff. But did they ever, did they ever get off your lawn? Uh, the kids? (laughs) Did the kids So they're watching? Well, when they're... The ones, the ones that were invited I'm, were inside the house watching the cartoons. I'm so guilty of that. I was in Target today, and I was looking for... I had loaded up on Spotify covers of this particular Chris Cornell song. Okay. And, but... Just you know, different just, covers of the same song? Well, yeah, different covers of the same... I was like, are there other covers of the songs that really like the song? And so then... So, I don't know... I, I don't know if this song is really a cover of that song or if it's another song with the same title. And sure enough, there was this horrible dubstep song came on in my ears. <laughs> and I started laughing so hard because it was so ridiculous. I was giggling. It was like something you'd, like, I just envisioned me when I was like nine years old spazzed out on, like, caffeine and then I had to stop and think, people listen to this and think this is, like, really good stuff. This is so ridiculous. But, so, anyways, get off my lawn. Okay. <laughs> get off my lawn and stop playing your stupid Kids in your dubstep. Crap. Kids in your dubstep. I know, kids I guess, still listen to the dubstep? I don't think, no, I think that was a 2014 thing. Do kids listen to our show? No. No. <laughs> no. No children listen to our show. No. Okay, that's probably better. Kids play Minecraft and they. But but eat. remember, we we're all former children. Do so they? We eat? can't be too hard on lies. Do they, do they still eat Tide Pods or? Uh. Yeah, I'm pretty sure kids still eat Tide Pods. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah. Don't eat Tide Pod kids. That's the, that's the PSA. I think I think we're losing steam here, guys. <laughs> so I think maybe maybe if anybody has any final thoughts or. Or, um, oh, I, I don't know. think we're that oh. close to... Well, we've been rap. talking about Tide Pods. Well, we just so. have been off on a tangent for a while. I yeah. was trying to get it back on with my ter- Courage trivia that I threw in there. Well, that was oh. good. That was good. Do you have um, Do you have anything that we can make a, an obligatory Star Wars reference? No, but apparently <laughs> Muriel and Eustace's names are taken from chandler bing and ross geller from friends it was their middle names really wait what <laughs> apparently <laughs> really? muriel and eustace are 
Chandler Bing and Ross Geller's middle names, <laughs> according to IMDb trivia. Unverified. Let us know, internet. Yeah, yeah. Give that, us an app. That seems suspicious. Also, yeah. I'm not like gonna watch Friends further. to find out. <laughs> well, you could you probably that. Google and find out the middle names of the friends. Don't care. Yeah. Somebody out there has watched every episode of Friends. There's, I, there's only one really one good episode of, of Friends that I ever saw that I liked, which was when we're Phoebe makes creepy mannequin art that looks like it's straight out of Silent Hill. And, um... If you type in what is Chandler Bing, like, the third result that pops up is what is Chandler Bing's middle name. And, oh. no kidding, his middle name is Muriel. Huh. Oh. Alright, then. Not Muriel. Muriel. Muriel! Muriel. Muriel's a park, Parks and Rec. So anyways, we you were <laughs> asking earlier about sure. like people's favorite things and yes. this and that, and we didn't really go down that hole. Okay, um, yeah, I was, I was hoping for... My favorite uh, episodes are the, the naughty, feeling a bit naughty, was a very good one. Freaky Fred. It's, well, basically, I, I uh, gauge their greatness by how many times since I watched them as a teenager I have repeated lines from them <laughs> mm -hmm. and I will to this day still repeat I'm feeling a little bit naughty mm -hmm. about things I'll use that line I'll also repeatedly use from the episode uh the Cajun granny stew <laughs> Grinning. Oh, yeah. Just randomly, especially when with some friends from high school, we'll just be like, and you get some tasty granny stew. <laughs> a nice tasty granny stew. Um, and then I've always loved the eggplant episode in the very end <laughs> when, like, they're able to get away when the eggplants start arguing because it's another one where they're going to eat Muriel. There's multiple episodes Everyone that involve a plot where somebody's trying to eat Muriel. Um, yeah, so the journey journey to the center of nowhere is the eggplant episode. Right, and the eggplants, it's a group, a giant squad of talking eggplants, and then they start to fight over whether to grill her or to fry her. And they're like, they're like grill her! No, we should fry her! You can't fry her! It'll dry her out! And he says... <laughs> Not if you put it on a low simmer. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like they need the fox to come in and, and consult with them about mm -hmm. how to properly prepare Granny. Right, and then at the very end, a very tiny eggplant says, Wait, everybody, what if we bake her? Oh, yes! Everyone yeah. can agree that they should be baking Muriel. Oh, baking stuff makes it good. Mmm, a nice baked Muriel. It did have a... And that one had a slight... A slight... Attack of the Killer Tomatoes vibe. Just, I don't think it was meant to be like a send up of that, but you know, so much, so they much were random playing horror. Flight of the Valkyrie. Yeah, like a weird which variation. I'm pretty of sure Attack of the Killer Tomatoes uses Flight of the Valkyrie. Because public domain, baby. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, you're saying Attack of the Killer Tomatoes didn't have the budget to purchase their, yeah, own music? their own music? You know, I haven't seen that movie all the way through, but I've seen the sequel. The Return of the Killer. More Tomatoes. times than I care to recall, but it has young George Clooney in it and his I know puffy for, hair. Yeah, that's a that's a great. And there's sequel. like a baby tomato. The tomato people. Yeah, well, it's tomato people where they're turning yeah. tomatoes into people. But 
I know for a fact you've been in the room while the entirety of Attack of the Killer Tomato was played. I think you've just fallen asleep. No, I fa- times I'm pretty sure it. I fell asleep. So that's my endorsement for that movie. Yeah. It gets a little slow. You can slow. watch the eggplant episode of Courage the Cowardly Dog instead. It's much shorter, it's shorter. and much better written. <laughs> <laughs> well, my favorite is the, I believe it's the finale of season two, um, which we did not watch tonight, but it has a strong moral sort of story message to it. It is a extremely depressed and angry mad scientist comes to the town and starts shooting cannonballs at everyone which makes them also sad and depressed mm. oh yeah oh, and it's, so the internet yeah so <laughs> and uh, uh my name is dr twitter yeah basically <laughs> oh. and, the, and the resolution to the episode is heartwarming and sweet but i hmm. i i think even as a child i related with uh, the angry mad scientist who just wants to make everyone around him as sad as he is Aww. that's really what's the problem with most set mad scientists and people on twitter and people on twitter <laughs> by the yeah. way follow us on twitter <laughs> still not on facebook just saying or are we oh private group private <laughs> group. i'm on facebook i'm not Anyways. And you're a better man for it, Andy. I don't know. <laughs> so, Chris, seeing how you're newer to this episode, did you have like a favorite moment or favorite favorite character From tonight? <laughs> yeah, uh, there were just so many moments that just were so surreal and strange. And but but I definitely would check out more. I really liked. Um, I really liked. So we watched the pilot. The mm-hmm. The chicken, mm-hmm. chicken from, from outer space. space. And then I liked the um, return of the... Is it called Return, return of the Chicken, chicken from, from, outer from Outer Space? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I always love titles like that, anyway. Um, um, that one was an interesting episode. I yeah, liked it. But, but I love the idea off. that it's in, at the end of Chicken from Outer Space, he kind of, like, fries the chicken. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, But... So then it, when he comes back, it is literally a fried chicken with, like, no head. Like, if you, right. if you took a chicken out of a... It's the cartoon symbol for, like, if, I don't know, I, I don't use emojis, but if there's an emoji for chicken, like fried chicken, oh, you it's know what's like? It's like the, the Peter Gabriel, it. it's like the Peter Gabriel sledgehammer oh, video. Yeah, the yeah. Two frozen chickens and they dance. They dance. It's right. totally that. That's what that reminded me but of. Like, yeah. So then it doesn't have a head and it's going around like trying to like steal heads. Like it takes a Statue of Liberty head and then it's going to take Courage's head and it eventually takes Eustace's head. Kind of like and, the Headless Horseman, like he yeah, lost his head yeah. so he's so out for try all head. the heads. But I love that just that weird like imagination that goes with that and that oh sure like it's very very unique like they homage a lot of things in the cartoon but Mm -hmm. like the cartoon and this probably is another thing that is gives it that david lynchy feel is the cartoon feels like the the uh dilworth yeah. That it feels like he just like had a dream, and then whatever dream he woke up with that. Yeah. Dream, like, oh, I had this crazy dream. I was cooking because remember we cooked eggplant last night. I had this crazy dream yeah. that I was cooking eggplant, and then all the eggplants came and attacked me, <laughs> and like they're trying to cook me because I cooked all of them. It's like that would be a great cartoon. No, I, I remember hearing in an interview David Lynch saying that some of the segments of, of his film and also right, that's films and, and Twin Peaks 
involve just dream sequences. Yeah. It's just something he dreamt up, literally dreamt it up. It didn't make sense, and he put it into the film. And it's like, people try and, like, make analysis of yeah. David Lynch's put, work. Put and they're like, what does it. it mean? It's like, it's just some shit he dreamed up one time. Because, <laughs> yeah, yeah. like... He overate too much tomato yeah. sauce and he had an upset or, stomach. Or if you're, you know, if you're into... He was rolling around half awake. If you're, if you're, you know, into psychology and you want to delve into the unconscious, you could you could probably have a there failed day. I think, I think yeah. he still says um, he's heard so many different interpretations of Eraserhead and none of them have gotten close to, like, his own personal feelings about it. And I'm like, right. that's great. That's awesome. But I think, yeah, it's... Um, the amount of imagination to win in all these episodes. So I'd be very curious to, to check out. They're on DVD now, right? Or they're on Yeah. Well, and a lot of them are, like I said, on YouTube even. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's well, so I'd be too. curious if that's a, there are bonus features like commentary tracks or anything. Oh, I'd love to hear that. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. yeah. We should have gone down to Movie Madness and rented the DVD oh, so yeah. check out commentary. Yeah, if they be... have commentary, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't know how common it is for that to happen. I mean, all those trivia as... facts on IMDb had to come from somewhere. That's true. Yes. There's been a few times where, like, I because I it's hard for me to watch anything anymore without being on my phone on <laughs> IMDb at the same time reading the trivia or this. Oh and yeah, that, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. but like, there's been a few times where we've watched a movie with the commentary on and I'm on IMDb and I'm looking through the trivia and I'm like, wait, someone's just writing down everything the guy said on the commentary. (laughs) (laughs) It's all the same word. Somebody got the DVD with the commentary and they're like, oh, yes, and then uh, I I know this about the movie. I I know all this great trivia. (laughs) Well, you you can purchase the complete series on DVD if you end up seeing it and liking it, or you're already a Courage the Cowardly Dog fan, which mm. would be awesome if you were and you were listening to our podcast. But, um, yeah, you can purchase it lots of different places. It looks like it runs between 30 and 40 bucks for the whole series oh, on DVD. Oh, uh, um, You know, like, it looks like Target, Barnes & Noble, of course, Amazon, you know, yeah. lots of different places you can, you can get it. And um, it does not say what the special features are though so you you'll have to look that one up for yourself but you can own this physical media if that's your thing and you're an animation fan um and even i feel like you should just take a peek at courage Mm -hmm. like if you like anything weird if you like anything macabre if you like anything slightly horror genre um if you just like fun cartoons if, if you liked Tom and Jerry and you liked seeing people get anvils dropped on their head <laughs> yeah, um, as a kid, too. then just give a few episodes a try, because there's a good chance you're going to love Courage. Yeah, I think if, it's you hard a, not to if love. you're a classic Warner Brothers fan, I feel like you would you would appreciate the way Courage is formatted and the way the way things happen. And... Yeah, and your, and your little kid might like it too, because I sure did. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean... I mean, little kids are just going to like something that's creepy and 
getting hit with a sledgehammer, <laughs> and that's all they'll get out of well, it. You'll be... get the homages to classic films and mm-hmm. you know things like that. I think it'd be something entertaining and funny and and um, easy to follow for a little kid to follow. But sure. it's not and they're short, ins- so but it's you not going like... to insult your intelligence. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. which is really nice. Yeah. And later on, they started making even shorter episodes where they cram two into like an episode basically mm. oh, two wow. like little mini yeah things so yeah they did it with uh beavis and butthead they were trying to cram a couple of stories sure oh, or for a while um i haven't watched a new simpsons in forever but Simpsons started going down that way where, like, you would talk about an episode, and you talk about a different episode, and you talk about a fourth episode, and then you realize, oh, wait, those are all the same episodes. Because oh. <laughs> it just had, like, five storylines. Right, like, yeah. One just bled into the other. Because I feel like maybe there got to a point where, like, the writers had written so many things that, like, they're like, Ah, here's a great idea. Yeah, but can you make a whole half hour of it? No, I don't think so. I can make five minutes of it. Well, uh, what do you think, Bob? Do you think you can write uh, your story to somehow connect to Jim's story? Oh, and... yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, yeah, we can do that. Well, you know, Seinfeld was really great at that, too, where you'd have all these different subplots that sure, would they'd all somehow... come together in the end, you know, and, like, what's the one, the one with uh, Kramer? And he knows somebody that's working on Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. But oh, at the same time, right. at the same time, like he's parking his car in a parking lot. And he, right, and he so picks up the hat. And he gets the, the thing. Yeah, and the very yeah. end, he's walking around. He's a pimp all of a sudden. Yeah, <laughs> and he gets arrested. Yeah, I love that one. Uh, that is an excellent Dreamcoat. <laughs> it's pretty great. It's amazing, one might say. <laughs> mm-hmm. So John Dilworth. Thank you so much for uh, for sharing yeah, your right. oddball mind with the world. Your crazed <laughs> fever dream that is courage the coward. Yeah, I kind of I I appreciate that um, when people were packaging Scooby Doo movies on VHS and DVD that they were in, including some courage the cowardly dog yeah. in there as bonus shorts. Oh really? Because I feel like you know it's definitely not the same type of format with the story you don't have like you know but well, it's spooky but, and it's got but a dog there's but there's mo- there's a monster of the week pattern you know yeah. and and it's you know paranormal things are happening every week to some extent and so i think i think it's kind of a nice next generation for the scooby-doo crowd mm-hmm. you know i think i think that's it's kind of a nice you know passing of the torch in a way and i think it's a quality show and if you you know are a scooby-doo fan i think you would also find something to appreciate here. So lots of lots of recommendations all around for Courage the Cowardly Dog. And it is something that you can tell time and thought and care was put into the making of the show. Yeah. All right. I don't know if you could say that about our show, but <laughs> but definitely Courage the Cowardly Dog. You know, it's well, also a little time bit, put into it. Yeah, it's sure. also a little bit like a Ren and Stimpy, but like, like I love Ren and Stimpy, but like sometimes Ren and Stimpy is either like a little far too gross or maybe yeah. maybe yeah. It, maybe it tries to be a little too gross or you get you sure, know what i mean sure. like you get kind of burned they always out. do those little close-up shots where it's like ultra high realism you yeah know, of mm-hmm. somebody's like well the later crusty nose boogers the, the later follicle. seasons i don't think were as good as the first couple of these seasons but i feel like 
this show is a good, like, <laughs> it doesn't cross a line. It just kind of, like, right. it, it stops at a respectable di distance. <laughs> It, and it's it funny stops and good. right on the edge of too creepy. Right, now. exactly. Like, oh, this is creepy, but it's still okay. And I, you know, like, Although that Kitty and Bunny episode is <laughs> yeah. a little disturbing. Except it's a sweet story, but it's, it's, though, too. It's, it's only it's disturbing when you read, like, context right. that's not well, technically there. Right. Yeah. I was just disturbed by the look of Kitty before Kitty is revealed to be a cat. When Kitty's in disguise... I was really concerned about where we were going with that story. That's so, so weird, yeah. I might include a photo of a screenshot of that in our show <laughs> notes. Should, so yeah. if you well, want to check out our homepage at you know, thehauntedDavenport.com, you can look at Kitty's scary mask. <laughs> and if you see her standing outside your house, yeah, don't answer don't the door. Don't let her in and feed her food. Call the police. <laughs> trying to remember, doesn't she like tries to eat but can't because she's trying to eat through the mask? Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, it's just that's so sad. Super <laughs> creepy. <laughs> but it's such a great visual <laughs> that show. Oh, um, yeah. What was I just gonna say? Never mind. Oh. Yeah, out out of out of things to say. That's... Yep. No. Well, thanks for that. listening. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, I, I, uh, I don't... I just cut off there. I'm not things to say. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm not entirely sure what we're going to be doing for June. We need to have a little a little discussion about that as a group, but I figure that's not doesn't make for good listening, so we're not going to discuss that on the air. Right. But um, I'll probably post a little teaser on Twitter or something um, of what we decide to do next so you can get a little sneak peek. But I can tell you it's probably going to be... Um, you know, a few episodes from a series, like a, a little bit of a, not necessarily an entire series overview, but just a little, a little visit and, and watching a couple episodes of something that fits into our parameters. Um, and then a little later this summer, we're definitely going to do um, an Are You Afraid of the Dark episode. Although that's what we said last summer. No, but this summer we're doing it. Like right. that's. That we're making that happen. Totally happening. I know. Yes, it is. You want some scary Canadian kids, just like. Mm hmm. Was it? I love Can scary Canadian yeah. children. Scary Canadian <laughs> kids. One of my favorite. A lot of them are famous now. Yeah, actually, yeah. that'll be a fun discussion because it'd be like the who's who of who was on. Are you afraid of the dark when they were young? It's kind of like mm -hmm. the Mickey Mouse Club, you know, but less less uh, more Canadian. Less damaging, I think, yeah, for those probably. child actors. Yeah. <laughs> they had a better time with that. So, um, yeah, we've got some fun things planned for the summer. Um, other than that, uh, thanks, as always, for listening. Um, before we go, sure. um, I'll give a plug for another podcast to start listening to. Um, thanks for following us, and so maybe, um, it, maybe at some point in the future, our paths will cross again. But I started listening to this podcast. I met Sarah from Ghoul on Ghoul podcast. Uh, if Maybe you've probably heard of them before, but um, they are at, let's see, it's Ghoul, I think it's Ghoul X, Ghoul X Ghoul Pod on Twitter, and uh, they're, uh, they describe themselves as a sex-positive supernatural horror comedy podcast, um, and they've got, they just cover all sorts of topics, I listened to an episode about doppelgangers and learned a whole lot. Nice. About Percy Shelley, and uh, it's a really fun podcast. They're super great. Um, you should check them out. 
Yeah, also, I love the name, I have to say. Ghoul on so, Ghoul yeah, yeah, it's a great name. I'll be checking them out for sure. Well, I'll post a link to their podcast um, in our show notes so people can see that. And I'll probably post a link as well to the pilot for Courage for those who are interested, and that way you can just go right to YouTube and totally take it down. Start start <laughs> from day one. Work yeah, your way up yeah. From there. See the origins. It's you know because well, it's like on... you said, you can watch these at random. You could watch an episode. You could watch the pilot, then watch something from season four, then watch something from sure. season two, and you're gonna be just fine. The pilot. The pilot is not available on Boomerang though. So if you do want to see that, um, you can check out our link on our homepage. Anyway, um, we will see you next time, and uh, I guess I don't know any. Other parting thoughts? <laughs> I'm kind of losing steam. My coffee's wearing up. Yeah. Stupid dog. Stupid dog. <laughs> Stupid dog. Stupid dog. <laughs> now you have to go rate and see who was best. No. <laughs>